Welcome to Small Business Big Network, the podcast for small business owners who want big results from their networking. I'm Liz Drury, a freelance voiceover artist who knows that if you're not working, then networking could help. Emma Briggs is the founder of marketing company EDB Digital. She feels that during her networking journey, she's gone from being the business baby to the expert in the room. She also says that life as a solo business owner would be rather lonely without networking. Thank you very much for joining me on the podcast today, Emma. Hi, it's great to be here. This is my first ever podcast, so I'm very excited. Oh, how exciting. Well, hopefully hopefully it'll be a good experience for you. I know. (laughs) I'm not going to ask you anything tricky. (laughs) (laughs) There's one thing I'm not sure of, it's being able to speak, so we're fine. (laughs) That's the kind of podcast guests I like. (laughs) So I think it's fair to say, Emma, that you've been in marketing most of your life and there's a little story on your uh, LinkedIn profile that I thought was quite sweet. Tell me about Nickelodeon. (laughs) Um, So back when I was a child, I was a child watching it, not an adult. (laughs) So I was a child watching Nickelodeon. I just thought it was always repeats. It was always the same thing. So being the strange child that I am wrote to them to say, I've actually had a good idea, a marketing idea for you. I think I called it like an advertising idea. Um, and it was next number one. So I wrote to them saying, why don't you play the very first show uh, show of every, like show, uh, first episode of every show that you've got and then make it a theme so that mm-hmm. we can see it right from the start. Um, but <clears throat> they didn't actually get back to me about that, but they did do it. <laughs> So they did. They they took the the idea and ran with it, but I didn't get any royalties. So oh, <laughs> I think that's but, a shame. I think they should you know, have at least acknowledge acknowledged your um your your letter to them. But I did do it again though. With I had a Westie growing up, um, a little dog called Jock, mm. and we used to have to spell things so that he wouldn't know. You know, you would spell walk and you spell bath, yeah. so he wouldn't react. But it's it's some treats. They're called rodeos now, but they were frolics back. Yeah. In the, the day. And um, so we had to spell that out because he went absolutely mental for them. <laughs> so I wrote to um, the people that make them. I was like, hi, just to let you know, my dog goes mental whenever you do this. And this is what he does. So they sent me like a whole batch of the treats for him. Going, we hope he has lots of fun with these. Aww. So they, they at least acknowledged it. Oh, it just shows that it's, it's worth um, sharing your ideas and sharing your, your appreciation perhaps yeah. with companies sometimes. I always had ideas of what companies should be doing with their marketing and advertising. I was always giving them tips, even when I was six and probably couldn't spell things properly. So what, what do you think it was that, that attracted you to marketing so much? Well, do you know, I actually was always... I liked art and I liked the creative kind of things and I was always trying to think outside the box with mm. everything but I also often missed the point when I was a child of things <laughs> um, so what happened was I watched 101 Dalmatians and completely missed the point of that programme and mm. thought she's amazing I want a fur coat I want a big business <laughs> <laughs> I want a fur coat and I want to be in a big glass office like that my mum's looking at me like, what a weird dog. <laughs> Keep far away from the dog. Um, so from there, I was, I'm going to be a fashion designer. I'm going to do design. Mm. and I, So I was always thinking of things that would be 
unusual and try to create things out of other objects mm. to the, to make these dresses and bags and always made you know items for myself and customizable items and then it wasn't until I got to six year at school I thought I probably won't make money out of this mm. <laughs> unless unless I'm the next Chanel I probably <laughs> I'm not going to really make any money so I asked my guidance counselor um there what can I do that's artistic creative mm. But makes money and he said marketing so I thought oh okay <laughs> and off I went to, to college and I thought I'll do one year of it and if I don't like it then there's that you know I've got something under my belt for the year mm-hmm. but I absolutely fell in love with it as soon as we get into the advertising and the, how to work um around people's emotions and things mm. I thought oh this is the way to do this and you know, I, I loved it. As soon as I started, I knew that was what I was going to go into. Yeah. So how much training did you do? Did you do a degree in marketing? Yeah, I did a degree in marketing, but the degree was, it was international marketing and it was all about business trades as uh, as well and try to deal with other cultures with mm. it. Um, digital marketing wasn't a thing. Yeah. We were still sharing, we just discovered Bluetooth on, on our phones, on our Nokias. <laughs> <laughs> so we were still doing that and digital wasn't a thing um, for us. So what we, we were kind of looking at, you know, how to advertise in Business Insider and billboard prices. And mm. um, it wasn't until I was finishing uni that there was one class on digital and how this was going to be a big thing. So, yeah. but by the time I left... Everything, as you know, has gone digital. Yep. So everything up and up until uni was paper based, and then it was all self taught. Yeah. Um, I just thought I'm just going to have to. My my motto kind of was stay ahead of the the people that you want to be doing things for, and you'll yeah. be fine. So and then I got luckily, thankfully, got a lot further on ahead. <laughs> so yeah, so that's how I got into it. And so, what was your first job after university? My first job was a sole marketer for a, an adhesive company. Mm. Um, I know, it was very glamorous. <laughs> so it was trying to make sticky sexy, if you can. <laughs> um, so I, I worked there for, a, I think, about two years and then moved into the kind of property side of things for marketing. Yeah, and so how did your career progress after that? When when I went into the property side, I kept asking, "Can I do? Could I do this? Could I do the events? Could I do the newsletters? Can I? You know, I was constantly looking for work to 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 do with that, and that was just giving me the experience to do all aspects of marketing. I was building their website. I was um, building campaigns that were both um, digital and external campaigns as well, and then from there took that to then move on to recruitment and try and I was in as their sole marketer as well so did what I did for for that um business park for the property and moved that over to recruitment and then for after the recruitment the recruitment side was in happened around covid so mm-hmm. everyone was looking for a job and no one was hiring because yeah. there was there wasn't any so my job became redundant. Marketing is always the first one thing mm-hmm. to go. Yep. It, it's treated as a luxury item when it's really a necessity. Yes. So um, so it was all about trying to find something. That, so that's when I went into management 
Um, so I ended up with a lot of teams that I would manage from then on rather than being the sole marketer. Mm-hmm. So it kind of went that way. And at what point did you decide to um, to quit and set up your own business? <laughs> um, I was actually, last year, last May, um, I was working for a clothing company and it just didn't, I didn't see the point in my job. You know, mm. it was, there was, it was like a middle management kind of side of things. And I actually said to my manager, what is the point in me being here? <laughs> <laughs> it's a bad day when you're saying that about your own job. Um and I just, I thought, well, I didn't want to move to another job and till I knew what it was that wasn't making me happy. Mm. So while I was in employment, I thought, right, have, let's have a think about what you really want to be doing right now. And it was it was always the dream of the Cruella de Vil, having the own office, the own business, own, you know, preferably not skinning puppies for it, but um, <laughs> always wanted to to have my own business. I just never quite knew what it was. Mm. And it suddenly felt like with all the experience I'd had over the last 17 years um, that it all brought from different environments, it was finally that I had like a full oversight of everything in marketing. Yeah, I've done the management side, I've done the digital side, mm-hmm. I've worked in so many different sectors than the lead generation parts of everything. So I just suddenly felt like everything had come together for that moment. Mm. Um, so decided the next day to go in and hand my notice in. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I did. It's so far I've managed to keep the heating and the lights on. <laughs> what, what, have, um, what have the main challenges been, would you say, starting up your own business? Um, I think... I think everyone kind of underestimates how how long it takes because you do start, when I think of, I I wrote a business plan when I first started and Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, in four months I'll be making this. Yeah. Um, And it's really not that. But what I did do was really lean on networking, um, not to find business through the networking, but to learn from people who had been in business for yeah. a long time. Because I, I didn't, although I knew so much about marketing and my industry, I didn't know how to run a business. So yeah. just talking to people saying, hi, what would you do with this? And do you know an accountant? <laughs> do you, yeah. what to do? And just, but really listening to a lot of people and their story of how they started their business and learning from their mistakes was probably the best thing I could do. Um, I did make the the mistake at the very start of just taking on too much work for very little pay. Mm-hmm. You know, and you when you calculate that out as an hourly rate, I was making like a minus practically. <laughs> and when you think like that, because the imposter syndrome is there. I think when you start a new job, yeah, uh, start a new business. Yeah. You can, but I, I still, it's still there. Sometimes I, I remind myself, well. It's not that I've been doing this for a year. I've been doing this for 17 years. Yes. It's just that now I do it for myself. Yeah. So, yeah. But, yeah, so that's been one of the, the kind of challenges. Um, but not, and this isn't, this won't, not to make you awkward <laughs> because it does with some people. Um, but that's during that time, I then was in January this year, was diagnosed with cancer, so oh. been going through chemo at the same time as doing this. That's a lot, yeah. <laughs> so it's it's a lot of. I mean, I'm totally fine with it, and I'm. Mm. Um, 
but it's I think that's been a challenge that I didn't expect yeah. because you're not only trying to build the business you're trying to take care of yourself and I had the the battle of trying to prove to people that yeah I'm a new business but I do know what I'm saying yeah. and yes yes I am ill but I'm still capable of doing the work yes yeah. so there was the two prong kind of problem with that of trying to remain present for everything show show up for a lot of things to especially the networking to show look I'm still here yeah nothing's changed <laughs> you know and that that's been a massive challenge but also made me kind of go if I can get through this with the business yeah then everything else should be fine she says <laughs> cue the next pandemic <laughs> oh, let's not go there <laughs> no, but well well done to you for, for for keeping going so I think you know some people perhaps would have given up at that stage there, you know, there was a time when, at, at the start, when it was a lot to take on and um, I wanted to just for two weeks go and lie in my bed, mm. but I didn't have that luxury to do mm. that um, because with the, without doing the work, I, things didn't get paid. Yeah. Um, so I needed to. Um, and, you know, and a lot of my family were saying, oh, you need to just, this This is more important. But they, it's, it is to a degree, but at the same time, it's important to be able to keep your life going and you yes. know, pay your bills and everything so now it's now my work is a saving grace to me it's the thing that I don't know what I would do if I wasn't working for myself because mm. if I was employed by someone else I think I would feel guilty about being off mm. whereas this way I can work around myself so if there's times that I don't feel great that's fine but then there's times I'm up till two in the morning doing work and that's fine for me as yeah. well yeah you have that flexibility as a business yeah. owner don't you and it to- completely takes my mind off everything else I'm yeah. a complete weirdo that sits in hospital with the laptop while everyone else is <laughs> enjoying a book <laughs> I'm, like, I'm sitting typing away <laughs> <laughs> so tell me about about your clients what what who are they what kind of clients do you work for there's such a wide variety with them um I've got the B2B side is probably where I'm most comfortable because I've come from a corporate environment. Mm. Um, so I've got insurers, um, HR, a lot of um, the property kind of management side of things. But recently, I've actually started to attract the more of the arts, which has been quite fun. Mm. So I'm now doing the marketing for a local theatre in Bathgate. Um which and taking them through the fringe and everything yeah. for, for Edinburgh, and also I've got a Glasgow artist who's got an exhibition and wanting to really promote that. So I've started to go into this other industry that I had never really delved into, and it's so different, but it's, it keeps everything really interesting for me anyway. Yeah, <laughs> keeps me on my toes. Yeah, I bet. So, and what kind of things do you do for your clients? I do. Everything to do with the market, if they need it, um, it can be. I can be as involved or as um, separate as they need me to be. So, I create the co- for for the if you wanted to feel kind of feel better with it, you would get all the content and visuals created for you. All the analytics of your sites are all put in put in a strategy and used to create this social strategy that goes and aims at the customer that you want not necessarily the customer that you have already. Mm. 
Um, I've got one client that when I came on to them, which I don't mind me saying, it was a solar panel company. Mm -hmm. And they had so many people following their, their socials. But when I looked at the analytics of it, they were all 18 to 25, so it was their friends, you know. <laughs> they like, and I thought, well, that's why they're not buying, because yeah. what 18-year-old's going to buy no. solar panels? Right. <laughs> so you look at the kind of analytics, but look at who you're trying to target as well, and then create that content that's engaging so that the person actually communicates with you, rather than just scrolling past, see a pretty picture and scroll past it. Mm. Um the other side of everything is the lead generation where I can get GDPR compliant data. So if you're trying to get into a new market um, or you try to launch a new product or service, I can get new data for you or I can repurpose the data you've got that's kind of gone a bit stale mm -hmm. um, and I create email campaigns for for you that have the kind of smart campaigns that you can start looking through every aspect of what the person does on the email mm. and creating a journey for them. Those leads then are marked as how many times have they've interacted. And then what you can do is get, I've got an award-winning telemarketing company who then follow up with these leads for you and convert those potentials into clients yeah so you get the full journey do, do you think that it's that marketing is easier to do now in in the digital age or is there just so many platforms that it just makes it overwhelming i think when i look back at the when i first started with the property management side of things it was a lot more external it was you know it was still your business insiders and it was slower i would definitely say marketing was slower but you didn't really see your return as well mm. you, you kind of hoped you would go by the oh we've got a readership of that but it wasn't as easy to track whereas now there's a lot more noise a lot more going on things are a lot faster you know yeah. um you know threads just launched and it's like oh another platform and i need to learn algorithms yes. and everything of but at the same time so much easier to analyze and see your return on it mm. to see what's working so there's there's definitely a benefit i prefer the digital side of it i prefer to know why i'm doing what i'm doing yeah now you've already mentioned that you you do networking for your business what what kind of networks do do you belong to and what what do you like to do in terms of networking um i i actually have so many networking groups that i'm a member of now <laughs> um i had one that i joined that was a glasgow based one and that was the first one i joined when i first became self-employed and those th those people there for the are in-person meetings and they were my sounding board to be honest there who i would say can i send a proposal and you give me your honest answer on mm. it before I send it out to a client and um, then started going into more online to go UK wide, um, started to dabble into different different communities rather than just my local mm -hmm. area. Um, but what I have found recently when I hit the year mark was I felt like I'd, I'd really pushed this baby of business kind of persona on a lot of my networking that I was part of prior to mm -hmm. to this um so I would 
I thought I'm not really building credibility here if I keep going in almost acting unsure of myself. Yeah. When really I was unsure of how to run the business, it wasn't the actual job itself. Yes. So I thought, I, yeah. I thought I'm going to have to have a word with myself, basically. <laughs> so, I, you know, now I do look at things and say, well, no, you, you've worked with Google Partners, you've done this, you've done, you know, and this is, these are things that I need to say to myself frequently mm-hmm. um, to remind myself of how far I have come with it and really home in in the 17 years so now when I go on to when I join new networking groups um that's where I position myself rather than the baby of business although I still revert to that when I go back to the Glasgow <laughs> one I'm like hi <laughs> I'm little <laughs> yeah no you're definitely the the expert Emma not the baby <laughs> exactly <laughs> I'm gonna to have to stick that onto my computer yeah <laughs> So why would you recommend networking to other small business owners like yourself? I don't think I would have got... I don't think I'd still be doing the business without it. I think not only do you learn from other people's mistakes and what they've done right, but the the way that you build relationships. Mm. Um, I think anyone that goes on to a networking to sell their product is not going to do well. Yeah. It's just all about building that that relationship um, and getting one-to-ones in and, you know, finding out about each other. Because as you build that friendship, then that's when you start to build trust and, the, you know, and you get referrals. I, I think the majority of my clients have came from referrals from people I've met from networking. Yeah. Um, whereas it would be so lonely without it. You know, if you've gone from being employed well, big office and you've got the validation of a paycheck every month um, and you, you're not, you know, you, then you suddenly find yourself in the spare room or wherever you decide <laughs> to work yourself with the dog for company and you don't know if you're doing a good job, you have a bad day, you, it starts to knock on your confidence and things like that, whereas that's where networking really jumps in you know and you, you get human interaction with people and the the do you know they when I found out that people who've been doing what they do for 20 odd years still question themselves yes yeah that's one of the best feelings not that it's like yesterday loves company yeah but it's it it makes you go right it's not just me um this is just what part of the self-employed journey is yeah yeah, absolutely. It gives you that that validation and that 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 boost sometimes, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So finally, then, Emma, if people want to know more about you and about EDB Digital, what's the best place for them to find you? Best place to find me is in LinkedIn because I'm always there. I'm always posting it and I'm always talking and are so showing you photos of my dog, <laughs> um, just to prove he's still got his bar, um, or my website. So www www.edbdigital.com Lovely. Well, thanks for being my guest today and the best of luck with your networking uh, and especially with your treatment as well, Emma. Thank you so much. Wish you all the best. Thank you so much. It's been great. Thanks for listening to Small Business Big Network. If you found this podcast useful, please do rate, review and subscribe. And don't forget to share it with the rest of your network too.